And now, the Whistler's strange story. Perfect Alibi. Entering the Golden Sparrow, a cozy little cocktail lounge near the far end of Beverly Boulevard. Private investigator Johnny Seltzer, 30, handsome, off duty at the moment, found business rather quiet. He went straight to the bar and uh, ordered a drink. Bourbon and water. I'll mix it. Right. Be sure it's bonded. Bonded it is. Good. Johnny carried his drink to the nearest empty table and sat down to think. Self-centered, cynical, and in his own estimation, a smooth operator. Many things were on his mind, especially Johnny Seltzer himself. Things aren't going too well for you, are they, Johnny? Tom Silver, founder of the Silver Detective Agency, has threatened you with dismissal unless you change your ways. Cease gambling and give closer attention to business. You stare moodily at the lovely paintings lining the walls. You suddenly push back your chair. Then walk over to the jukebox at the end of the bar and slide a nickel into the slot. Back at your table, you sip your drink, listen to the music, and sympathize with yourself. Hello. Ordinarily, you would welcome the sibilant voice that seems to come from nowhere. I like music, too. Does that make us pals? <laughs> you don't seem very happy. I was. Most men would be glad to see me. I'm different. I'm sure you are. That's why I came over. That was my wife's favorite line. <laughs> Maybe that's why it didn't register. Yeah, it could be. You don't like her much, hmm? I didn't. Divorce? Hey, what are you, anyway? An investigator for the World Psychology Foundation? I'm surprised you haven't asked me why I got married in the first place. Oh, I figured that out already. Money. It shows on you, too. What? Your merger with the bankroll behind that mink and ice you model. Oh, no merger. Presents from a relative. Quite a coincidence, isn't it? Hmm? What? Two people who like money meeting up in a place like Hollywood. Isn't it? Yeah, it's like the music says, I guess. Just two little lambs who've gone astray. Well, now that we know all about each other, let's call it a day, huh? Why? Why not? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because it's still early. Maybe because it's chilly outside. That's not good enough. I like chilly weather. Nice of you to invite yourself over. Maybe I'll run into you again sometime. Wait a second. Yeah? Am I that hard to take? How would I know? Can I take your order? No, thanks. I'm taking a parlor. Uh, waiter, two bourbon and water. We'll mix them. I said I was leaving. Don't be like that, Johnny. Sit down. What was that name you called me? You're Johnny Seltzer, private eye, aren't you? Okay, you know who I am. I figure that pickup pitch was a phony. Well, like you said, I'm Johnny Seltzer. And I'm Alice Collins. Who's she? She's the niece of Charles Collins. Charles Collins? Not the number one boy of lumber. That's what it says in the paper. I never saw my uncle till two years ago. He wrote and asked me how I'd like to live out here. I said I'd like it. 
So, here I am. From the east? I was born and raised in Springfield. Springfield, Missouri. Who sent you to me? Nobody. I saw you out of Dilbo's one night last week. I asked the croupier who you were. Oh, I see. The lady gambles, loses. Now she wants me to get her money back. Right? Wrong. I don't think so. What did you do? Follow me here from the office? Mm-hmm. Am I forward? Oh, just say, hard to approach, like a department store. Pardon me. Okay, Winner. Let's have the check. Uh, just put it on my bill, will you please? Surely, Miss Collins. No, no, don't. Take it out of this. Keep the change. Thank you, sir. That was nice of you, Johnny. Cigarette? Thanks. Look, Springfield. Hmm? You got an angle or you wouldn't be talking to me. What is it? <laughs> you want to get over that inferiority complex. There's no angle. I just thought you'd be a nice guy to know. Later on, after I know you better, I might be able to throw a little business your way. Detective business? Terrific detective business. Maybe as much as $20,000. That's nice money. Oh. Too bad I work on a straight salary. The Tom Silver Detective Agency makes the deals. Not this one. This would be a special deal, Johnny. $20,000 just for you. Interested? Uh -uh. If it was legit, you wouldn't be putting out that kind of dough. You're jumping to conclusions, aren't you? Maybe. But if I'm wrong, you can always take it up with the agency. <clears throat> you know where the office is. Okay, Johnny. But if you ever change your mind and want to talk it over, call me up. I will. So long, Springfield. You can get me almost any afternoon at Melrose 54321. That's easy to remember, Johnny. All you have to do is count five backwards. When you leave her, you're sure you've seen the last of Alice Collins, aren't you, Johnny? Yet a few days later, you're not so sure. Your boss has you on the carpet again. And you have an unpleasant feeling you'll soon be out of a job. $20,000 is a lot of money. And Alice herself is something to ponder over. She's really beautiful, isn't she? You can't forget her lovely features. Her low, musical voice. The things she said keep repeating themselves. Especially the unusual deal for $20,000. A few afternoons later, you enter a drugstore. Cross to the phone booth. The words of Alice Collins echoing in your mind. You can get me at Melrose 54321. That's easy to remember, Johnny. All you have to do is count five backwards. Back to the whistler. Well, Johnny, a few days ago when you left the Golden Sparrow after your pickup tater tape with Alice Collins, niece of the multimillionaire lumberman Charles Collins, you didn't expect to see her again, did you? You're a licensed detective, and she sounded like trouble. But with things piling up on you, you decide you're a little hasty. An hour after phoning her, 
you drive to a modest little apartment building on Fountain Avenue near Coenga. Curious, but still cautious, you knock lightly on the door. Hello, Springfield. Hello, Johnny. Come in. You still like music, huh? Mm-hmm. I remembered the song, too. You did it then. <laughs> Here, let me take your hat. Then we'll go into the sunroom. Sit here, Johnny. Help yourself. Cigarettes, scotch, and uh, this is ice water. Yeah, it's cozy, very cozy. My uncle gives me a very nice allowance. I stay here during the week and spend the weekends out at his home near the ocean. Quite a home, from what I hear. Swimming pool, badminton court. Yeah, but I'm young and I like to go places. Mm. Uncle Charles didn't want me to drive out there alone late at night all the time, so he suggested I take an apartment in town. You see, I'm his only blood relative. You ought to have quite a future. Mm-hmm. If I'm not an old lady before, he... before anything happens to him. I wouldn't dwell on it. Nobody lives forever. Uh, excuse me, Johnny? Yeah, sure. Oh, Frankie. Hello, beautiful. Here. Oh, kids. Oh, they're lovely. Ah, uh, so are you. How about a drink? Huh? Mm-hmm. In the you can mix one while I put these in the icebox. I've been talking with a man for Uncle Charles. Mr. Selfie. Oh, Snoop. You two know each other? For years. Hi, Frankie. What are you doing here? I'm here a lot. How gorgeous. Yes. You see, Mr. Selfie... What I can't figure out is what Snoop is doing here. Business. Strictly business, Frankie. Yes, you see, Frankie, Uncle Charles hasn't been well. He heard rumors that things at the mill weren't on the up and up, and he asked me to make some inquiries. Why didn't you ask me about it, baby? I'd have gotten you the best in the business. You don't think Selfie's good? Oh, he's all right. Forget it, Snoop. Sorry, acting like I was sore, but when you're nuts about a dame, well, you know how it is. Sure, Frankie, I know. It's okay. Have a cigarette? Thanks. Well, uh, I'll be back in just a second. I want to put these on ice. That's okay. Take your time. Yeah. Nice cigarette. Class, too. F.B., Frankie Benson, huh? An old English. Everything. You really like it, huh? Like I said, Frankie, class. Oh, here. Take a bunch of them. No, no, I didn't mean... Oh, go ahead. Order them by the gross. Well, thanks. This, uh... This job for old man Collins you're talking to the doll about. I don't know a thing about it, yet I got here two minutes before you did. No. How about a drink? Yeah, sounds fine. I think I'll skip it, baby. You gotta talk to the snoop here. I'll pick you up for dinner about, uh, seven, okay? Sure, sure, fine. Good. Drop out to my place later on, Snoop. Stay around uh, 5.30. Might have an idea for you. 5.30 it is. So long, Frankie. Well, Johnny, your golden girl seems a little tarnished, doesn't she? Not that you're surprised, but you are disappointed. And a little nettled to realize that a girl with a background of Alice Collins would waste her time on a gambler. A glorified hoodlum like Frankie Benson, operator of the notorious Dilbo's Gambling Club. After Frankie's departure, you make no attempt to hide your annoyance. Nice friends you got. You think I'm Frankie Benson's girl, don't you? Aren't you? No. He thinks so. I know he does. The way things are, I've had to let him think so. 
I owe him money, Johnny, a lot of money. Oh, so the lady did gamble and lose. Yes, she did. And if Uncle Charles finds out, he'll cut off my allowance like that. Maybe he'd send me back to Springfield. So you want me to get your money back, huh? Mm Mm-mm. This is where I came in. Frankie Benson plays too rough for me. Way too rough. Wrong again, Johnny. I don't want you to stick your neck out for me with a guy like Benson. What do you want me to do? Just be a pal for a while, that's all. Look, Springfield. That day I met you, you, um... You mentioned a piece of business you could throw my way. $20,000 worth. I said we'd talk about that after I knew you better. How long is that going to take? Not very long, I think. After you leave Alice, you head for Dilbo's, as Frankie Benson suggested. And as you drive, your imagination goes far beyond anything you've ever thought of. You decide to marry Alice Collins. She's beautiful, and someday she'll inherit the Collins lumber fortune, reported to amount to more than $2 million. But you're worried about her connection with Frankie Benson. Frankie usually gets what he wants, in one way or another. And when he doesn't, well, uh... Accidents happen, don't they? But when you enter his office, he's more than friendly. Oh, hello, Sherlock. Sit down. Yeah, thanks. Here, take a handful of cigarettes. You said you like them? Yeah, like I said, they're class. I haven't seen you around lately, Johnny. What's the matter? Don't you like to play here anymore? Sure, Frankie, but... Well, I... I owe you a couple of hundred right now, and I figured I'd better pay up. Oh, your credit's always good here, Johnny. Within reason. As... Long as we're friends. Well, that's nice to know. What do you want to see me about? Eh, nothing in particular. I'm just curious about that snoop job for old man Collins. Eh, tell me, is it all set? Mm, I don't know. Miss Collins is going to talk to her uncle about it. I'll know in a couple of days. Uh, how come she picked you? Well, she didn't. Just called the office. The boss sent me out to talk to her. I'm sure glad you told me that, Johnny. You know, I've always liked you. If there's anything I hate, it's being jealous of a guy I like. Like I told you, Miss Collins called as a client. The boss sent me out there. It's strictly business, Frank. That's fine, Johnny. Hope you keep it that way. Both of you. Frankie Benson's cordial manner doesn't fool you for a minute, does it, Johnny? It only makes his thinly veiled threats more pointed. At heart, Frankie Benson is still a gangster of the old school. You have no intention of giving up Alice Collins, but you decide you'd better be careful. And for the next few weeks, your meetings with Alice are at out-of-the-way places, usually some distance into the country. You're determined that nothing is going to prevent your marrying her and enjoying the fortune which will be hers after the death of her uncle. You're also very curious about the special $20,000 job she mentioned. One evening after dinner, you decide it's time for a showdown. You phone her, find she's alone, and drop by her apartment. She seems tense and excited. Frankie Benson dropped in this afternoon, Johnny. He wasn't very pleasant. You're playing with dynamite leading that guy on. He always takes care of welchers. When he falls for a dame, he really falls... Last one that double-crossed him had a very peculiar accident. She fell on a letter opener. Yes, I know. He 
told me about it today while I was opening the afternoon mail. He gave me an ultimatum today, Johnny. Marry him or pay up in two weeks. Can't you figure some way to get the money from your uncle? 33000 Not while he's alive. Of course, uncle could go any time. He's a restless sleeper. He's got asthma and a weak heart. We might even get tangled up in the bedclothes some night and smother. You think that might happen? We could. And if it did, there'd be 20000 in it for me, right? Yes, Johnny. 20000 just for you. That's no, too risky. I wouldn't be around long enough to spend it. No risk at all. I'll take you out to Uncle Charles a couple of times. By the time you make up your mind, you'll know every foot of the place. You'd have the key to the front door right in your pocket. The servants would all be hard of hearing, huh? On Thursday night, they're all out. Except Whitcomb, the butler. He's always there in case Uncle Charles needs him. Now, wait a minute. You expect me to... Whitcomb's no problem. No problem at all. He always reads in the library near the phone. You see, you'll open the front door at 11 o'clock. But at two minutes before 11, I'll phone the house. When Whitcomb answers, I'll hold him for 10 minutes at least. That'll give you all the time you need. Uncle Charles' death will be the most natural thing in the world. The doctor says it could happen any time. You've really figured it out, haven't you? A long time ago. I'm afraid you picked the wrong guy. There's too many chances for a slip-up. Things could go wrong. The doc might get suspicious, find it was murder. What if he does? You won't be connected with it. You'll have a perfect alibi. What? You'll be with me at my place all evening. There's no reason to think I'd wish my uncle any harm. We'll have a few drinks. You can leave your fingerprints all over the place. Forget your cigarette case, your top coat. It'll stand up. What about it, Johnny? Twenty thousand's not enough. After the will's settled... I'll double it. That's not enough either. I'm not interested in the money anymore. I want you, Springfield. I want to marry you. Do you think I'd ever let you get away from me, Johnny? Mm, I like that. So did I. What about next Thursday, Johnny? Maybe. I got to figure out the other half of the problem first. The other half? Frankie Benson. As long as he's around, what happens to your uncle won't mean a thing. And you do figure it out, don't you, Johnny? Frankie Benson's monogram cigarette. Instead of making Mr. Collins' death look like an accident, you'll let it look like murder. A murder that will send Frankie Benson to the gas chamber. The following Thursday evening, sitting in Alice's apartment, you're still determined to go through with your plans. But you're nervous, worried about the details. Look, Springfield, about... about Frankie Benson. He called up a couple of minutes ago, Johnny. Wanted to drop over for a while. I told him I had a headache. What'd he say? Johnny, he's beginning to scare me. He told me I'd better take a nap. Said I might get busy and fall down and hurt myself. He said he'd call back in a couple of hours, see how I feel. Good. What? That's all I need. I was trying to figure some way to get him out of his place, unaccounted for. It takes about 40 minutes to drive from Dilbo's to here. When he calls back, tell him to come over, about 11.15. But I thought I'm you... taking care of Frankie tonight, too, with one of these. Frankie's monogram cigarette. Yeah. I've worked it all out, Springfield. All I needed was a break, like Frankie's phone call. Tonight's job's going to be murder. A murder that'll send Frankie Benson to the gas chamber. No, Johnny, the other way's safer. Uh -uh. 
We won't get another chance like this in a million years. When I leave, I'll drop one of his monogrammed cigarettes by the front door. The rest is automatic. Johnny, Johnny, it won't work. The cigarette will point to Frankie, sure, but he won't stand up when he tells the police he was framed. They'll believe him. Frankie hasn't any reason to kill Uncle Charles. I've taken care of that, too. I called the DA this afternoon, said I was your uncle, and told him to send a man out tomorrow morning. The newspaper boys will be there, too. They're expecting a big story about Frankie Benson. You're out of your mind, Johnny. Uncle Charles never gambled in his life. He never even heard of Frankie Benson. The district attorney heard different. He thinks your uncle found out about your gambling losses to Frankie and sent a private eye out to Dilbo's. The guy picked up a couple of pairs of dice. Loaded. Cute, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it is, but what about Frankie's coming here tonight? That's the clincher. When he gets here, your headache will be so bad you'll have to send him away. When the cops pick him up, if he tells them he was here, he's lying. That's my alibi. I was here all evening. It'll work, Johnny. It'll work. You're wonderful. That's it, baby. With you to back me, it can't miss. I'll be waiting for you, Johnny. I'm not coming back here tonight, baby. Our alibi is all set. The evidence will back us up. I think it's better if I just go home and stay there for a day or so. I guess you're right. Johnny, come here. Mm. That's for luck, darling. The Whistler will return in just a moment with a strange ending to tonight's story. And now, back to The Whistler. Taking care of Charles Collins was simple, wasn't it, Johnny? Everything went exactly as you planned. And it came easy to you, didn't it? You even slept soundly afterward. In your apartment the following morning, lolling back in your one comfortable chair, you read the whole story in the papers all over the front page. Lumber King murdered. Police solved case in record time. Killer apprehended. Everything worked out exactly as you planned, didn't it, Johnny? And in a few months, you'll marry Alice Collins and the Collins fortune. As the doorbell rings, you decide it must be another bill collector. That amuses you, doesn't it? You stroll leisurely to the door and uh, turn the knob. Well, Lieutenant Jennings and company. Come on in, boys. No, I haven't got time, Johnny. Besides, we can talk better downtown. You get your hat. Is that official? Very Murder, Johnny. Collins killing last night. Oh, the Collins killing. You've been seeing a lot of Alice Collins lately, haven't you, Johnny? Sure, she's a client. I was with her last night at her apartment, as a matter of fact. From nine till nearly one this morning. Is that an official statement? Of course it is. You make a note of that, Sergeant? Right, Lieutenant. Oh, we know about that, Johnny. You left your fingerprints all over the place. You must have been pretty high. Even forgot your top coat and your cigarette case. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll admit we had a few drinks. <laughs> What's the idea, Lieutenant? Morning paper says you've already nabbed the guy that killed old man Collins. Oh, we have. Frankie Benson. He was a little noisy making his exit. He got panicky, dropped his card when he opened the front door. A half-smoked cigarette, monogrammed, his own special brand. Benson admitted it? Oh, no. no. That alibi of his was so phony, he's as good as convicted right now. Oh, but uh, what motive would Benson have? Plenty. Mr. Collins had him cold. Crooked game, loaded dice. He was going to give the D.A. in the newspapers the whole story this morning. 
Well, if you got everything sewed up, why do you want to talk to me about the Charles Collins murder? Oh, we're taking you in for the murder of his niece, Alice Collins, Johnny. She got hers about 11.30 last night in her apartment, stabbed with a letter opener. As if you didn't know. Pretty clumsy accident, Johnny. Wilbur Hatch and is the property of Herman Music Incorporated, ASCAP, Hollywood, California. Broadcast rights granted solely to Audio Arts Productions, La Mirada, California. Music